Wait, you haven't seen Taxi Driver? I've heard it my whole life, but not anymore. And today, on a very special Anatomy of a Movie, we're going to break it down in a historical context through the prism of 2019 and in relation to a film it has been compared to a lot over the past few weeks. Joker, a special Anatomy of a Movie, starts now. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. Yes, indeed. Whoa, all right. I didn't realize that uh, we were here in the club. (laughs) Welcome to a very special Anatomy of a Movie. I'm Christian Blatt, joined by the wonderful Alexa Cappiello. Hi, I'm here too. And we are doing this uh, fun little twist on Anatomy of a Movie, a movie that neither of us had seen I hadn't seen it until today, a few hours ago. I, I finally sat down and watched it. <laughs> I finished it about two hours ago as well. So. Yeah, so, yeah. I know, thank you. She thank couldn't you. watch it in one sitting, which <laughs> that might be an uh-oh for uh, the way that people are going to respond uh, to what you thought. But before we get into any of that, uh, I want to talk about two things. The first is why you think you didn't see it up until now, if there's anything specific. And also, what did you think it was about before you actually sat down to watch it? Uh, why I haven't seen it? Well, that could be, honestly, about a lot of films that I should have seen but haven't seen it. It's just time, life gets in the way, you know about these movies. Like, I consider myself a cinephile. I love, I love movies, but there are certain films that I just haven't watched. I mean, this was before I was even born. It just, you know, it just didn't line up with my life, okay? And and the funny thing is is that this is literally from when I was born. It came out the day I was born. (laughs) So this movie came out the day I was born, and yet my parents did not take me. You're old. I am old, (laughs) but my parents did not take me to see Taxi Driver. And But here's what it comes down to with a lot of these like when it's a classic movie that you know you should see when most people have seen it you're not gonna be like hey do you want to hang out and watch taxi driver you know it's probably you're gonna watch i don't know a million other movies pretty heavy movie yeah you just sit down and watch just sit down and watch by yourself and you have to be in the mood for it so uh what did you think it was about before you actually watched it well what i knew about it was it was robert de niro's um i i heard he was his breaking performance back in the day sure He he was incredible in it and I, I do love De Niro of course um, I heard that I thought it was so I heard Taxi Driver and it seemed nitty gritty and I knew yeah. that uh, are you talking to me <laughs> are you talking to me was in the film as well yeah. um, I had no idea that it was going to be as uh, graphically violent as it was I didn't know that it dealt with all these themes it's, it's so cool what it deals with but at the time I just thought it was almost like a, a driving Miss Daisy kind of thing <laughs> like okay we're just going to follow around this taxi driver day in the life in New York City and some some, some crazy well, something crazy is going to like happen. most people you confused it with the Queen Latifah Jimmy Fallon movie that's just called Taxi that is not the same <laughs> movie this is a little bit more dark yeah i think my thinking was and it's somewhat accurate that it's clearly that de niro is apparently great and then i think we've all seen that you're talking to me and you've seen some other things you've seen you've seen people show up at halloween parties as travis bickle with the mohawk you know things like that and i i think i just figured like okay he's obviously a taxi driver and i think he sees so much that he just has enough at some point. It's sort of like the Michael Douglas movie falling down in my mind. There's a breaking point. Mm-hmm. So it's not entirely wrong. It's just there's a lot more minutia to it than the general feeling that I had. I knew he was in it. I knew that Jodie Foster was in it. And, uh, I mean, I knew that Sybil Shepard was in it. That's basically all I really knew. You kind of knew who was in it. I didn't 
realize that Albert Brooks was in it. So mm-hmm. I was very happy to see him, actually. And Scorsese himself was in it, too. Oh, yeah. He's, like, in the, I don't know, what are, he was can a, we call he it was, a whorehouse? <laughs> no, I thought he was the guy that play, was in the cab with, yeah. Oh, he comes up to the cab. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I see, I see who. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, that's uh, sort of you know what we thought uh, about it going into it. Uh, as you're watching it, and you watched it over two sittings. Uh-huh. I watched it in one sitting. Uh, are you showing? Is that that's not Scorsese, is it? That yes, that's that Scorsese. So See, that was, I, that's why I didn't think it was him because it doesn't look anything like him to me. Well, so the guy who's like my he, wife's my, cheating on me. Did yeah, you know that? Yeah, that was like his breaking point. I think it was when he just was like, "All right, I'm done yeah. with the world. I hate everybody. I'm going to go." Yeah. And, well, and I mean, since we're talking about that scene, that scene is indicative of just a lot of language that's thrown around, uh, usually uh, racial or sexual orientation based. That isn't probably as freely thrown. You still see it in movies all the time, of course. But hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. You're so much more careful about it that when you're watching a movie from 43 years ago, you're like, oh, yeah, right. You, you said anything uh, anytime to anybody. Right. And, you know, it, it's not like a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's, or it's not in the context of, of a movie from that time. You know, when it's like, what did you just say? Yeah, there's none of that. All right, so it's very non 2019 in that way. Uh, what I, I, it could be related to that or something else. What are some of the things that, as you're going through watching it, things that really stood out to you uh, about the the actual the, the movie? You know, things that are happening as you're watching it. Uh, the things that stood out to me. Well, <laughs> there's a child prostitution in it. Something that definitely See, I not- don't. I did know that actually. I knew that Jodie Foster played, a, 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 you know, because I knew that this was before Freaky Friday. I'm like, right. well, she's a very young prostitute. Yes, yeah. and uh, apparently there was a little bit, a uh, little bit of discomfort on set. Scorsese didn't know exactly how to direct her in some of those scenes, and so she relied heavily on uh, talking to De Niro. De Niro actually made her feel comfortable and and uh, helped her through those scenes. Yeah, um, when Harvey Keitel is like dancing with her, I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to be. Harvey
I know. Yeah. And even with his uh, mohawk, I was like, he looks he looks dangerous. They specifically um, made him look that way, too. Uh, it was a callback to the Vietnam War. If a guy had a mohawk like that, it was he was going to destroy uh, somebody or something. Like, that was, that was, like, the definitive factor if he had a mohawk like that. And so they added that in the film based on that um, fact from the Vietnam War. Yeah, I, and I, I mean, I think that even without that, you see that guy standing there. He was smart to hang towards the back. because, his, But uh, that Secret Service agent sure did see him. You yeah, know, so, so. yeah, so uh, he told us that Saigon, if you saw a guy with his head shaved, like a little mohawk, that usually meant that those people were ready to go into a certain special forces situation. You didn't even go near them. They were ready to kill. <laughs> so it's like, wow. I mean, I thought he looked crazy with that mohawk, and he—I mean, by the way, looked kind of crazy without the mohawk. So that just <laughs> pushed it over the, the top a little bit. The sense of madness was all over De Niro's face. He did such a, a wonderful job. I understand why he is praised in terms of his acting abilities in this film. So we know that this film is considered a classic, and we've uh, danced around some things that we think stand out for it. Do you feel like it lives up to the hype? You know, it, it being a classic with a capital C. And what are your th- overall thoughts on the film? Do I feel it lives up to the hype? Well, when I was watching it, I felt uh, this is just a, a gripe with the Scorsese films as a whole. I understand that they are masterpieces and I like that he takes his time. But in my, for my taste, he takes a little too much time right i mean it dragged for me it dragged there was just so many brooding shots of of de niro i was like i get i get it already let's get to the point let's get to the action here um but i mean it was beautifully shot i can i can appreciate all that um but does it live up to the hype i think more so uh the history behind this film uh what inspired it, what it inspired. Right. Um, <laughs> and, you know, of course, the Joker being... Um, yeah, which we'll talk about yes, in a moment. Yes, we will. Yeah. Um, compared to it, I, I think that it has its place in history, and it should be uh, in history, but is it the, one of the greatest films of all time? Debatable for me. Right, just for your level of enjoyment. And, yeah, I think that, especially when you watch an older film, you always need to take into consideration of how people felt at the time when right. this was new. and I could understand and, yeah. when they saw it at the time, this was incredible, mind-blowing. It's a wonderful character study, uh, relevant, and uh, good commentary on uh, society and what we, what we need to improve. Uh, right. Which is kind of, well, again, and, what, we, what and, we're talking again, about with the Joker. The commentary on society in 1976 is exactly the same as the commentary you would have on society in 2019. And unfortunately, probably in 2040 as well. It's you so know? sad. It's, uh, there are just a lot of universal feelings. You know, the way he feels about just the you know he just he even when he has a senator in the cab and he's just like yeah i need somebody to trash the whole city you right. know and start over right you know which is by the way kind of what happened in the 90s yeah you know they they did kind of trash the city and uh, start over a lot uh but uh yeah i for me i i think i i have to look at it that way it's a great performance by de niro mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, at a at a time where you know, just throughout the seventies, you just have these sort of amazing breakout performances from people who are considered to be the greats for 
the rest of the rest of time, but also the rest of their career. And I think it is an important commentary on that time period. But yeah, like you said, on on society, uh, it's uh, certainly. It's not really a fun film, no, you know. Some of the Scorsese movies can be more fun, uh, but uh, I, I think it's great. It's not really rewatchable. I mean, not that I would never watch it again, but I can't imagine thinking, you know, what I want to sit down and watch is Taxi Driver. Yeah, you know. And if I did, I might want to see like a sequence for some reason. Right. You know, I want to, I want to feel better about uh, bad dates I've gone on, and I want to <laughs> just relive him taking her to the porn theater. Like bits and pieces of it, I would watch again, but the whole thing in its entirety, I would, I, I would pass on that. Right. Uh, but uh, let us know in the chat whether you're watching live or the archive version uh, how you feel uh, Taxi Driver uh, stacks up. Uh, just uh, for a, a momentary uh, comment from the booth, Ryan, you are a producer. Yes. Uh, you saw it for the first time last summer, is that correct? Yes, yeah, summer of 2018. Okay, and uh, what did you think and what did you know going into it? Oh, I knew this was a Scorsese movie. I knew this was a renowned classic. I knew that this movie had... Uh, Robert De Niro in it, and I knew just all the things you hear about this movie. Oh, he takes her to like a porn movie, and uh, that you know the "you talking to me" line. I was about to say, "Are you guys talking to me in the booth?" Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I thought this movie really lived up to my expectations of it. But what you said about the ending is didn't see it coming. No. I thought yeah. I thought that this was going to show a mentally ill person and then just have like a bit of a destructive ending i think the ending of this movie is so brilliant so creative and it just makes you kind of wonder about the film as a whole and i I love what alexa was saying earlier about how this isn't necessarily a character study but more of a portrait i've actually never heard it articulated like that before because i think it's very easy to call a film a character study like joker's a character study but no it's really more of a portrait of this guy in just a few days of his life and you know, his life obviously continued after this, but he's a ticking time bomb. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to The Joker. I had a major critique of The Joker, which I thought was a really good movie, but I thought it was a little too similar to this. I thought that uh, for all the unique qualities of that film, they really took a lot. Not we're just influenced or inspired, but they really took a lot from this movie, which mm-hmm. already had a lot of these brilliant themes especially with the you know the hand to the, to mm-hmm. the head yeah mm-hmm. so I, I really do enjoy this movie a lot i think its depiction of the city of new york yeah. is so there mm-hmm. it's so realized like it, it feels like gotham it feels right. like yeah it's really well articulated. Right. And like I was saying, you didn't have to dress, you know, Toronto to make it look like a bad New York. No, you just you just you went out on the street with cameras and you're like, oh, look at all this trash. Look at the rats. Look at everything. Yep. You know, when you see the old subway cars in movies in the 70s that have all the spray paint and the graffiti on it, you know, it's just like so to capture it at a very specific time, uh, I, I think it, it did a good job. And that does really tie into the Joker because uh, they went so far to recreate New York in the 70s, despite the fact that it's set in Gotham City. And it's it's such a minor detail. But the producer, the Murray Franklin show, is leaving a voicemail for Arthur. And the phone number is 212. So that's a New York City area code. So it's like Gotham City really is New York in the 70s. And it's such a minor thing. And I was like, well, yeah, we get it. But it, it just it, it jumped out at me as small as details that was. And I think that they did a great job in conveying, you know, the, the look and feel of a very different time. 
but yeah, this, you know, uh, Arthur and uh, Travis, you know, see the world, unfortunately, very similarly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very obvious as to why people are comparing them to the to to each other. Uh, it seems like there's a lot more outrage about the Joker, I think, because it is a modern No, film. I think it's because of what's been happening. We have random dudes going into Walmart shooting up people. We have shootings so regularly it's hard to keep up. And I think the main gripe with this coming out now is that it's incel bait. Sure. So I think that people are just worried that somebody like Hinckley is going to say, oh, well, the well, Joker said the world hasn't been kind to me, so I'm not going to be kind to the world and then go and murder a bunch of innocent right. people because and of that. Let's not it's forget that we do have the real world instance of the movie theater shooting in Colorado right. where, you know, that guy was like, I'm the Joker. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's like I, I can understand it. I do find more dangerous than the movie itself is all the media coverage that says, when's there going to be a Joker copycat? Anybody out there? You know, it, they say it so much. It's like, are you, it. are you daring people to do it? You know, and I, I don't think that's intentional, but it, it comes off that way. And the, the amount of coverage of like, well, somebody's going to do it. Eventually, I hope not. But if it does, somebody's going to be like, we did warn you that this movie was was going to do that. That this movie is dangerous, uh, but I think you can still tell the story uh, despite that. Well, you know? all that being said, I thought that it was incredibly uh, pertinent to talk about uh, mental health issues and how society is choosing or not choosing to handle them. Um, I thought that was really important to talk about, and I'm glad that they used the Joker as a vehicle to do so. Um, And I enjoyed what they... I mean, it was uncomfortable to watch the entire time. And I... It wasn't. It wasn't pleasant for me. I didn't walk out of that theater and think, "Oh God, I feel good about my life and my <laughs> and everything well, surrounding could, me." You could feel good um, that your life isn't like anybody in the movie. <laughs> correct, I suppose. But I also, you know, I walked out thinking uh, he wasn't helped. No, if only he received help. Well, it's it's very obvious. They point to a few points in his life, and you can obviously extend that to Travis Bickle. Very different time. You know, mental health wasn't treated the same. People didn't look at it. And, you know, all it was was just like, I can't sleep, so I'm going to work all night. You know, right. there wasn't anybody for him to talk to. Right. You know, and I think that there are people who have been critical of the portrayal of mental health in Joker. But what I will say, it is a portrayal of the issue and they're talking about it and it doesn't get talked about nearly exactly. enough. I, I don't I, honestly I don't care how you portray it just as long as you portray it needs to be talked about. Yeah. You need to we need to talk about it more. Like finally we had a show like Legion where they were speaking about it just right. a little bit. And we're I'm doing a panel for American Horror Story and it's slashers, so we're talking about serial killers and of course mental illness comes up there too. So at least it's coming out more and more in mainstream media. But this was the biggest movie in a long time where that was at the forefront of people's mind. You you could not ignore that this was the issue that we were talking about and finally it's happening and I, I think that that's good. Yeah, I think in a way, you know, Taxi Driver and Joker sort of bookend a time period where in between the release of these two movies, mental health was treated well and there were facilities and there was funding. And now we're sort of getting back around to there not being as much funding, you know, so we're sort of seeing like 
this is the sort of thing, not not literally these events, but this is the sort of a way that people feel if they're not being treated and not being taken care of. And just having it could be as simple as taking a medication or just having somebody to talk to. And, you know, I mean, Travis Bickle has those those other idiot taxi drivers as his like confidants, you know, he's not going to get anything out of the wizard guy's hardly a wizard, right. you know. So uh, I think that the the parallels are striking what I knew about Taxi Driver before seeing it and then actually watching the movie. You're like, oh, yeah, well, you can clearly see so many similarities. And, uh, yeah, there there were a couple of, uh, of nods that were a little bit more than a nod, uh, I would say, from Joker. But it's dangerous, you know. Uh, it, here's a quote. It shows somebody suffering when he lets society have, have its way with him and freed when he has his way with society. It shows him weeping alone when he plays by the rules and dancing wildly in public when he decides to break those rules. So, I mean... Sorry. Go ahead. ahead. Please. please. No, no, no. She had had just finished the point. That was a great... That's such a great uh, quote. But what I wanted to ask y'all, if you saw Joker, um, I was thinking about this. I feel like Taxi Driver, it really has a point of view. In that, like, this is a guy who fought, he was in Vietnam. Like, this is someone who's back, and it's sort of towing the line of, hey, did society fail him, or is it PTSD? Like, right. it's, a, it's a bunch of unique ideas that are playing into this bigger conversation, whereas I feel like Joker it's didn't just necessarily... Society. It's just society. Like, yeah. didn't necessarily have all those unique angles to kind of counterbalance. Right. It was just kind of highlighting issues as opposed uh, to saying a lot of things about those issues, in my opinion. And maybe that was the point. Would you agree with that? Or what, what, what was your take on that? Well, I think that the tie-in is that both of these characters, Travis and um, Arthur. The Joker, Arthur, um, Arthur Fleck, they both feel invisible. So nobody's paying attention to them. All they want, again, is human connection, and they can't find it anywhere uh, to feel loved, to feel seen. And so that's the takeaway here is that we (laughs) – I I sound like a big giant hippie, but, you know, love is very important and and connection. I know, I know. to Ryan's point, uh, Travis is a Vietnam veteran. It is very easy to forget that – the Vietnam War was so unpopular that the veterans were not treated well no. at, or at, at all. I mean, they would be you know, spit at in the streets. You know, it's not, you know, if you think about the way people, the way people approach troops now, you know, look, we heard, not to get too political, but the way we heard things during uh, George W. Bush's presidency was, well, I support the troops, but not their mission. But what you would get back then was, you know, basically F the troops and who cared, you know, like, I can't believe they're there killing babies. You know, mm-hmm. it was they had nothing to do with the people. That's right. That is why <laughs> Ryan is uh, a song that uh, often gets uh, misinterpreted and misappropriated, uh, including by the aforementioned President Reagan, who clearly didn't read the lyrics when he wanted to use uh, Born in the USA for campaign rallies. But yeah, that's a point. That's how forgotten they were. So yeah, with Travis, it's a commentary on something that was very much in people's mind at that point and with arthur it's like oh these little things in his life you know if his 
mother didn't have that the relationship with the stepfather who would chain him to the radiator and all these things. If they got any kind of treatment at all, really, if just his mother had gotten the right kind of treatment, right. I think that Arthur would have at least turned out a little bit better or in the way of like, oh, you know what? Somebody should probably talk to your kid, too, because right. you're a little bit you're a little bit messed up. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I yeah, I find them both fascinating. And I think these are important stories to tell. You can. You can, you know, tie up the fact that, yes, this is an origin story for a a character that is a villain, but it's still, to me, it's always interesting of like, well, how does somebody get this way? You were talking about serial killers before, and there's, it's, it's horrifying, but it's always just like, well... How how does Ted Bundy get around right. to, you know, being the Ted Bundy that mm-hmm. decides that, you know, he's going to, you know, kill that many people? You know, when when people aren't just murders because of a circumstance they find themselves in and, you know, some it, most, they, of the like, t- most of the time it's due to upgrade uh, upbringing yeah. and uh, mental health issues. Right. That's what it is. So yeah, so uh, I I find that uh, movies like both of these are great because they uh, lead to a conversation, and uh, I think that the conversations are certainly worth having. And you know, look, uh, people don't have to enjoy either of these movies. I just uh, I find it interesting to talk to people who, as long as they've seen it, they can tell you why they didn't like it. Yeah, and I want to say that it has taken me a while to see Taxi Driver, um, but I am glad that I watched it. It took me a while to do like it two, took, it, two it, to three days to finally get well, through the whole thing. And it also took us talking back and forth about <laughs> doing this show. They were like, yo, yeah, that, I haven't seen that either. Let's but do that one. I yeah. don't, I'm not looking back on that time and thinking that was a waste of time. In fact, no. I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm, I see its merit. Um, is it one of my favorite movies of all time? No, but I'm glad that it exists and I'm glad that it in, inspires the conversation that we're having today and that's what makes a good film you continue to talk about it for years to come yeah so So, uh and and i kind of agree my final thoughts on this are that i'm very glad that i finally got to see it It, you just you know now that i'll tell people like oh you know what i watched for the first time like what do you mean you watched it for the first time i know i know but you know look at least we've seen it at least we've seen it now (laughs) uh so yeah and i think that uh i don't know i think that they're both uh really well-made films and they're very interesting and uh, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how Joker is viewed at uh, awards time because mm-hmm. it is a quote unquote comic book movie, yeah, and it is also a derivative of a past work, mm-hmm. namely Taxi Driver. Right, but uh, so that'll be something to uh, keep an eye on. Now uh, we're uh, hoping to do more of these uh, these special Anatomy of a Movie shows where we talk about movies that we haven't seen yet. And the next one we'd like to do, we thought we would go a little bit lighter this time. You <laughs> this know? is a pretty heavy one. Yeah, so, so uh, I think that the next time we do this, whenever that might be, we would like to talk about Some Like It Hot, which neither of us have seen. And Christian is going to come fully dressed like Marilyn Monroe. I usually do. This just happens <laughs> to be the one day I didn't. And uh, Alex will be dressed like Tony Curtis. So yes, be I perfect. will. Uh, so, uh, but that is all the time we have today. Thanks so much to uh, everyone who is watching live. And uh, please leave comments in the chat. We will, uh, of course, comment after the fact. Alexa, where do people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Alexa Cappy, C-A-P-P-Y. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. And here on the Popcorn Talk Network, you can find me Thursdays at 1 Pacific for Marvel Movie News. Uh, That is all the time we have now, but thanks so much. And uh, as they say, we hope to see you at the movies. See you later. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. 
would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.